Welcome to Gideon, guys. I'm Johnny Hedgepeth. And I'm Travis Washington. And this is the podcast where Travis and I are breaking down every episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But we're in the middle of our special mini-series covering the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths from a couple years ago. And we're at part two, which is Batwoman, season one, episode nine. But most importantly, we need to welcome our special guest. We need to welcome back to the show, back out of podcast retirement <laughs> from, uh, I think, last year. Uh, I was going to ask, is that the last right? podcast he's done? Or is it was ours? But, yeah, yeah, finish. Yeah, no, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, hey, it's a Pete Schermacher, folks. <laughs> Finish your own own intro. I like that. Oh, man, I was going to blow you (laughs) hard. (laughs) It feels, it's funny. It was, um, I, last year I did one with you guys. I did one with Tim, like within a week of each other. Mm -hmm. And I did it again this year. Um, I did one with Tim and I did one with, I'm doing one with you guys right now. And it was like, I was just looking at him like, yeah, it was 21 in March. The last time I did one with him and then you guys, I think it was like right around the same time because, you know, it's a crossover time. Annual tradition. That's great. And this is the last one because, I mean, Pete, for those of you who uh, maybe didn't hear our Crisis on Earth X uh, series, Pete and I used to podcast our asses off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons all on pro wrestling. But one thing we also shared was our love of the CW Arrowverse shows. In fact, Pete is the one who pressed me to get more into them. At first, I was like, yeah, I like Flash. I'm not going to watch anything else. And he's like, you got to watch Arrow. You got to watch season two. You got to just at least watch season two of Arrow. And uh, and that's when I totally dove in headfirst on all of it. But Pete, I wanted to ask you before we get started, uh, I mentioned this in our first part one. This crisis event that Berlanti and his uh, guys did, guys and gals, uh, it felt like at the time, like, yeah, they're going to bring all the universes together and we'll have all these interconnected stories. And it feels like the exact opposite happened. They, it feels like the CW Arrowverse is slowly starting to fade away as the big CW power because Supergirl's gone. I don't, are you still watching any of the shows? Let's see. I, I always Arrow was always my favorite, and they, they you know, they, they went off the air. I'm watching the Superman and Lois because I thought season one was excellent television. Season two's been solid, but it, nothing it hasn't hit the levels of season one. Um, the you know, I haven't watched Legends in the year in the last two years. Uh, I watch it here and there if I see something that might pique my interest. Like I think. When Mick Rory was uh, was killed off, was he killed off or did he no, just leave? He just left the show. Okay, I go one of his. Dominic Purcell killed off his chances of ever coming back. Ever <laughs> coming back? Yeah, he definitely uh, buried the show on his that way out. Uh, I remember I tuned in for the when they were uh, when Gideon uh, was having kind of like a uh, I don't know, I don't want to say midlife crisis, but she was having flashbacks. So you had some of the original with mm-hmm. some of the new type of thing so i watched that um i uh i i I watched the flash so far i've watched flash has been kind of bad the last couple years it really Um, has it's really not ever since the covid shut down production yeah i feel like they just haven't been able to come back and it's like i don't watch it anymore i'll catch up i'll catch up eventually 
on Netflix, but I, that used to be appointment TV for me. And it's just, it's not very good anymore. Yeah. When they were doing their own crossover kind of at the beginning of this year, I was kind of excited. And again, it just stunk. I mean, it was just bad, but I will say the redeeming quality flash and is I enjoy the episodes I enjoyed them last year. It was the only episodes I really enjoyed. And then the one this year so far was when he has uh, his two kids on it. And I mm-hmm. they bring a different energy to the show. And I enjoy them. But, man, yeah, it's just... I, I watched Stargirl, really. Oh, Stargirl's great. Yeah. Um, and is it, it still, just, is it still being renewed, Stargirl? Is that- Stargirl is definitely getting a season yeah. three. But it's also on the bubble after that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Stargirl, the main villain, Eclipso last year, mm-hmm. he was actually played by the same actor who was uh, Boomerang. I mean, uh, was uh, uh, no, uh, what was that? Boomerang? Who's the guy? Those yeah, Boomerang, uh, Captain Boomerang, uh, from uh, season two of Arrow and Flash, and their oh. first crossover. Oh, and the guy who's playing the Shade, who's fantastic. Yes, he played uh, Blackbeard the pirate in a couple episodes of season three of legends okay. i believe of legends that guy yeah yeah you've met, we've talked about him before yeah yeah but we're at the crisis on infinite earth and the main thing we mentioned this for greg it was greg berlanti's favorite comic book series growing up and they're trying it and they're throwing me and travis talked about it with kelly uh, last week uh pete uh as far as the crossovers go i still feel crisis on earth x is the high bar by far yeah. by far and Christ, this, this Christ, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's a lot of fun. But I think you'll agree with me, it's a lot. There's just they're throwing so much in, but there's also so much filler. It's- so much filler. There was. It felt like season that, like the second crossover, which you guys probably didn't cover because it's not. It was no the Legends, Legends yeah, Night, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the third it, one, the uh, third one, uh, uh, Elseworlds, yes. Yes, so Elsewhere's I thought did a I thought they were it was it was entertaining and I thought they did a good job teasing Crisis big time where you're like you can't wait to see Crisis. And then you're hearing all these names coming in you're like oh cool cool cool. But kind of like why uh uh the guy who played Lex Luthor didn't do it. What's his name? Michael uh, Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum because they didn't have a real script for him so he passed. And they didn't really know what exactly what they were going to do, and that you kind of got that vibe watching this for these crossovers. You're really just throwing really, a lot, throwing a lot at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, well, I think they, what they really focused more on less the story because they had to come up with a new story. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just all you need is monitor, anti monitor, anti matter wave, shadow demons, one universe. Because you, you, mm-hmm. then they have to make stuff up to fit in this world, mm-hmm. and it's crazy how. They also have to go. We need a cameo from everyone who's ever done anything in the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. film, or and that's the fun part for me. That's what sticks out. The it storytelling, the storytelling is weak at points, but I just pop for all of the cameos and yes, and, and all that. That's that's yep. the lasting legacy of it. And I think yeah. I, I mean we'll, we'll we'll get to this episode, but I think for for what everything that was getting thrown at us the first one is just like whoa 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 but once we realize that this is the pace they're going at i think this episode is is great i really really like this episode. this is one of the of the yeah. five this is yeah. might be the best one okay. i agree okay. i thought yeah. this was the best one and there's right. hands down because it probably because you were 
of all the cameos they're going to have, I think I was most excited about two of the cameos. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't even call here. them cameos, but guest appearances, guest yeah. starring roles. Yeah. One's a cameo, uh, but I think here are actually three of them. I was super, the, the, my most three most anticipated uh, people to see on screen were, were on were in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get to it, Travis. What's the the synopsis for this episode on, on Arrow Wiki? Yeah, Arrowverse Wiki. That's a, a good source. The group uses Ray's in, invention to track new recruits to help save the universe. The Monitor sends Iris, Clark, and Lois in search of a mysterious Kryptonian, while Kate and Kara head out to find Bruce Wayne. In addition, Maya challenges Sarah, Rory discovers a hidden talent, and Lex Luthor returns. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, Pete, uh, this this podcast, as you probably are aware, is very nonlinear. Uh, right so like I, we're not gonna go in complete order so yeah. like i try to keep the batman stuff together and the superman stuff together but we sense. start at earth one central city sarah sarah lance is pouring one out for oliver who died the last episode and she's with kate and kara who aren't uh drinking their drink and harbinger pops in and you find out that diggle doesn't know that ollie's dead and diggle is uh travis uh oliver's best friend we'll see more of him in the next episode okay so the monitor needs a wave rider and they look at sarah and in the typical legends breaking the fourth wall uh she's like well promise the team no crossovers yeah and we'll see this throughout the this mini series a couple of other characters drop the crossover line and it bumps it really bumps up against me hmm. but it doesn't when it's legends like no, yeah. that it's they've legends. They're the they're the yeah. ones who do that. We don't need the other characters doing it, too. Mm-hmm. winking at the screen. So Lila goes to Earth seventy four, where the legends there have retired after someone died, and she's greeted by the AI on the Wave Rider, and it's not Gideon, it's Leonard Snart. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Wentworth Miller gets to be in the crossover. I thought. Why that was is a nice this touch. Earth seventy four? All the other ones have a reason. Why is this one Earth seventy four? I have no idea. Ah, there's got to be a reason, right? Does it have to do with no showcases in '61, right? Showcase number four. I'm trying to think, like, what happened. I tried to think about it. I go, yeah. did the legends have a, a mission in 1974 that mm-hmm. was important? But mm-hmm. after a while, you'll start seeing the numbers on the, some more. We have plenty more. They don't. They start not to mean as much. Ah, that's a shame. They had such attention. I was loving that shit. That's the kind of. I like that little attention to detail. Anyways, <laughs> well, next episode, and Pete, you'll remember this. There's a uh, cameo by a really obscure early 2000s DC show. I love that cameo. Because <laughs> one, it wasn't. I don't think it was mentioned beforehand. So seeing it, I thought it was really neat. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think it was in the spoilers. Oh yeah, well, it's it's, it's no spoiler for Travis. There was a show called Birds of Prey that lasted yeah. one season. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, I remember, yeah, and cool. They pop in, and the number of their Earth, I have no idea what it means. Okay, in relation to the show, we'll see. Cool. So, uh, but what year was it? Oh, uh, Birds of, of Prey. Gosh, no, I, what was the what you were Earth was theirs? It was Earth 173 or something. I don't recall. I have to okay. look, look at my notes. But so Mick Rory comes out with his guns. The thing is, they need Ray's lab. And uh, 
And uh, Leonard, I love Leonard. The AI is very persnickety. Uh, I love that he's just busting mixed balls. He's like, "You're living in your car." Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. Yeah. And in this Earth, he's a on, on uh, Earth One. Mick is a celebrated romance novelist, but in here he's a self-published failed romance novelist. <laughs> Which really is the biggest insult for an author to be self-published, yep. honestly. <laughs> he promises them the labor of love and not in it for the money. It's the <laughs> pornography. The kids love it, as we find out later. That'd be like, in no offense, John, that'd be like De Niro doing dinner theater, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taken. <laughs> uh, Jester's dinner theater, rest in peace. They'll be closing their doors after... Uh, nearly 30 years this summer actually oh wow yeah there's an online uh, or group trying to raise the money to buy the theater and it's already a total fumble fuck uh, <laughs> within a week it's turned into a total clusterfuck oh, <laughs> we what if we all buy the theater okay sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bunch of actors who uh, yeah trying to figure things out uh -huh. good luck with that Good luck. Speak they, from experience. Yeah. <laughs> so she promises him beer to drink and stories to tell. And he's like, you had me a beer. So the next scene is monitor is with uh, Barry Lois, Clark, Kate, and this Mick. And he's trying to tell them something important. And the baby keeps crying. Ugh, this is uh, so bad. This was like that whole handoff. It was so just overly choreographed and not pigeonholed. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it done with. They're trying to just get it to like, oh, well, the well, it works with Mick. How funny is that? Fine. If they've got to be together, get them together. But I'm glad they get them together. Yeah. Because maybe it's just because babies are adorable. And and, and Dominic Purcell holding that baby mm -hmm. probably felt some, you know. And he kind of looks, like looks like a big baby himself, too. So. Yeah, he does. I remember Gary tried to turn him into one uh, at one point That's with right. the fairy godmother. Yeah. But the look on Dom's face when he's interacting with this baby is pure joy. He's he doesn't get much to do here except read porn to the baby. Yes, and he looks like he's having a blast. Yeah. He, he's having so much fun with the little crumb that he's been given, and the look of joy on his face every time he looks at that baby is like the best acting I've seen him do on this on these shows. Well, you know, he's been all, in all the crossovers. He's a really good steam stealer, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's got that that type of character where he can just kind of drop it like a period at the end of a sentence. Yeah, because I remember in Earth X, he had a couple good ones. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, just some like here or there. He never carried a big scene or anything in any of these things. Mm -hmm. But he'd always steal a little yeah. scene or here and there yeah. where you kind of remember. No, he shouldn't, it have, to. He shouldn't have to, right? That's not the type of guy or character mm -hmm. he is. For, yeah. For, especially for a big event like this. Well, exactly. go, going back to the first crossover, uh, Invasion, one of the funniest uh, bits in the the entire crossover is he meets Supergirl, says he's not going to call her that name. It's stupid. And 10 minutes later, they're being attacked. He goes, help Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. Hilarious. So funny. And then I like the fact that you tell he was, you know, in character, pretend he was turned on by Killer Frost. Uh -huh. And how there were two different characters. They were two to the same person. I thought that was pretty uh, fun. Oh, and he was, didn't I kidnap you once? Yes. Great. So the monitor is telling them all about these the paragons, which is completely out of nowhere. Really? But here's the thing. Doing a little research, I knew this existed, 
but I didn't know that it actually tied in. They released a comic book, a tie-in comic book to tell all of this backstory. And Pete, do you remember them advertising that on the CW? Because I sure don't. Not at all. Hmm. It's weird if there was this major plot point. They go to the effort of creating a comic book tie-in and never mentioning it for the viewers at home to be like, hey, go get your comic book that ties in with this. Because, And another thing, they start, like I said, they started off with this as a huge event. After the first three episodes, they did a Walking Dead, uh, Talking Dead style show hosted by Kevin Smith after each episode, you know, highlighting it and talking to the actors. And then they took that month off for the holidays, come back for the last two, that was gone. All the steam was gone off of the whole Quietly just thing. dropped them. Yeah, her quietly yeah. just, just played them. Yeah. But then again, the episodes weren't long afterwards. They were, what, maybe 15 minutes? Yeah, they were like half an hour. Or, or okay, so. were they? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was just the, the, the Christmas break took all the steam out. Oh, of it did, process. without a doubt. It was like, I've never, to this day, I was like baffled on what you're, because uh, the people forgot all about it. Yeah, it's, it's a, now, the one the cliffhanger they choose to use for the break is a great cliffhanger, but a month is way too long to cut co- to wait to come back if you're telling a five part story. Yeah, it just like even I, I remember coming back like, so what, what, what's going on? <laughs> I had to go back and watch it. So these paragons, this is going to be long. I'm going to get through it real fast, like my okay. auctioneer father. Okay. Okay. Now, you notice the one actress who's not in any of this is Felicity Smoke, the Supergirl lookalike who's Green Arrow's uh, girlfriend. She's not in any of these. She's in the comic. Although Felicity wasn't involved in the televised events of Crisis on Infinite Earths, the Paragon's Rising comic revealed that she had been recruited by the Monitor to help in his search for the seven Paragons destined to save the multiverse from the Anti-Monitor. The events of the comic take place concurrently with part one of the crossover. When we first catch up with Felicity, she doesn't even know that her husband Oliver Queen has died after sacrificing himself to save as many people as he possibly could. When she learns of this terrible loss, Felicity becomes even more resolved to complete her mission. But she doesn't just want to find the Paragon, she also wants to find a way to bring Oliver back to life. This quest leads her to team up with Earth X's The Ray, as well as Nissa Al Ghul, and Felicity is transported to Earth 12 with help from Earth 85's Phantom Stranger. Earth 12, as we see in the comic, is the home of Oa and the Guardians of the Universe as they appeared in the 2011 Ryan Reynolds film Green Lantern. <laughs> Felicity seeks the Book of Oa, a keeper of cosmic knowledge that she believes holds the key to finding everything they need to know. Therefore, in order to gain access to it, she faces the Guardians of the Universe themselves. We see Sinestro, Tomare, and Kilowog. Uh, fighting the shadow monsters. All the designs of the Lantern's power rings are also exactly like the film. While the Guardians have no interest in helping Felicity and Paragons Rising, the fan-favorite Guardian known as Ganthet arrives late to the meeting to change that. With his help, Felicity reaches the Book of Oa and gets the answers she seeks about who the Paragons might actually be. Eventually, she is transported back to her Earth, where she tells the Monitor what she has learned about the Paragons. And that leads to all of us watching part two and go, what the fuck's a Paragon? Yeah. Crazy. Totally. Um, <laughs> interesting. I mean, why is she not in any of these? Why is Felicity Smoke not in? Is it because she looks too much like Supergirl? I think the actress at this point at this had, point had left, hadn't she? Uh, she had left. Yeah. She makes an appearance in the 
Arrow finale or two, right? Yeah, they because uh, Arrow ends with uh, there was episode eight, then the crisis. Oh, yeah, this whole season of Arrow was pretty much uh, leading up to this, and yeah, it, it really. Was- yeah. It was almost like out of continu- out of continuity continuity and stuff. Yeah, it was the lead up for Crisis. Then, yeah. then they do the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries that we talked about last time, Travis. That did not get picked up because uh, mm-hmm. it was not good. I don't no. know about you, Pete. Is that it, with his daughter? Not, his daughter, yeah, yeah, Man, and the two Canaries. The two, just, ca- the two sorry, Canaries man. in in yeah. in bad old age makeup. Yeah. You're saying she uh, she's just not ready for prime time. That actress. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'm learning from from this experience so far. She just comes. She's just pissy. She's just playing pissy. Yeah. The whole, and that one note of pissy, and it gets old real. Yeah, quick. she has arrested bitch face going. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, like all right, yeah. pass. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's trying and they're trying to hitch a wagon and they're trying to hitch the wagon like a of show a prime time show. Yeah, yeah, the lead, sell, man. the that's lead a of a sell. primetime show. That's tough sell. Now I the mean, two yeah, actresses, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure she is a nice. <laughs> the two actresses who play Black Canary and Black Siren, they could carry a show. Yeah, but in this, but you know, under loaf, they they got to do it under loaf. They got to right? do it under old age loaf. <laughs> yeah, and I know you guys haven't watched it, but this that up that backdoor pilot tied into the freaking Flash uh, crossover this year. <laughs> Oh, it did? Yeah. So they try to explain what happened to her brother and stuff. And oh, all right. I was, yeah, but whatever. I don't want to spoil it in case you guys... I don't know why you'd watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, well. I just like that Despero looked like Seamus from WWE. That I totally thought the same thing. <laughs> so and you didn't, even see, you didn't see Despero in his cartoon form with his fucking terrible. I mean, not... I mean, it was his CGI form, but it looked like a fucking cartoon. It's CG, it, Travis. It, it's something we we call on uh, the podcast, uh, Pete. CGI, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. This is CGI, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Sinestro in the comic. Has Sinestro ever appeared in the Arrowverse? Uh, no. No. And man. I'll tell you this though: that same last episode of Arrow, that Amel's not even in. It's the funeral, uh, showing where everyone's going in the future. And it teases at the end a meteorite lands, hmm. and John Diggle, whose uh, father's uh, or his real father's name is last name is Stewart, right? Opens it up and you see something green and glowing. Uh-huh. So the idea was, oh, Diggle's going to become Green Lantern. And but- also, you forgot this one, John. That Barry, uh, the John Wesley ships Barry Allen Flash called him John. You're That's not right. wearing, you're out of costume as in like he was supposed to, or not wearing your ring. I don't remember the exact line, but it was like, you were right. supposed to eat like a green, he's supposed to be Green Lantern. Yeah. Now they world. are doing an HBO Max Green Lantern show. And I guarantee you, John Diggle will not be Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee on that. And he's come back in uh crossover, not crossovers, but uh appearances on all these shows the last year or two. Yeah. And he, I mean, and there's still no resolution to him being Green Arrow, Green Lantern, I mean. Yeah, they uh, they he directed a bunch of shows and they had him make cameos on all of them. It was like the 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 only true interconnectedness of the universe is John Diggle. Apparently, he's the only one who's popped up on every show. When he popped up on Lois and on Superman and Lois, it felt weird. I was like, yeah, just been diggled. (laughs) (laughs) And he's out the door. 
I speaking of jesters, I used to work with an actor there who also uh, liked these shows. Diggle's he, headlining at Jesters this weekend, yeah. you guys. We <laughs> he's gonna close. The, he's gonna close it. But th- this this dude used to do the best Amel impression. the The turnaround wow. and the the turnaround and uh, look stern. And he'd he'd always like you don't understand Diggle. He always cracked me up, dude. He Hilarious. nailed Amel. It was so. You funny. know he's supposed to get his own show uh, next year. I thought. Who John Diggle? Yeah, but he's gonna be him, and he's he would be with a young team of superheroes. I've heard about that. We'll see. I, yeah, I think. I think they've, they've eight years is a hell of a run to be the main focus of a network with these superhero shows. And I think they're petering out. I don't, I totally agree. Uh, Cause this last one, Naomi, I watched one half an episode. I'm like, okay, done. Uh, I didn't even check it. I didn't even know that was based on a comic. Neither did I. So I, I read it and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll check it out. And I gave it a little bit of time. But yeah, then again, I, you know, Lois, uh, Superman and Lois have been pretty good though. Well, that's, that's, that's the highlight. Cause flash is one more season and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Legends, think- Legends is on the bubble. They really need to give yeah. it an eighth season. Uh, Batwoman is on the bubble, and it's it's not that. It's I, I don't I, and I like this Batwoman better than I like the one that we we're going to be talking about in this episode. Oh, really? Okay, well, let's yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah. So the monitor has the the Book of Destiny, which was introduced in the last crossover, and he uh, got it from an alternate Earth, and Supergirl wants to use it to bring back her Earth. So they're going over who they know are Paragons. So Sarah is the Sarah Lance is the Paragon of Destiny. Supergirl's the Paragon of Hope. Um, there's they need to find the Paragon of Courage, who uh, uh, by finding the Bat of the Future, who they'll find by looking for the Paragon of Courage. And the Paragon of Truth is a Kryptonian who has lost everything. So they figure out they had to go to Earth ninety nine is where uh to see bruce wayne mm-hmm. and kate says all right who wants to meet batman which yeah. is awesome and and all every fan is like i do yeah. <laughs> i do yep um but pete it almost feels like a victory lap because as i've mentioned especially arrow the early seasons there and all these shows there was a hands-off batman yes. policy couldn't even reference them you could use some villains not the major ones you know but it was a same thing with superman for like for a little while until they broke oh, yeah. it into supergirl uh, well, even, Wo- even in even in smallville the original character that they wanted in there was batman but they had to settle and make uh bring in the green arrow for smallville right. yeah i mean right. and he was told all the shots we're total a Batman type of things for, for the arrow in mm-hmm. Smallville. And then eventually that's kind of what the Arrowverse, I mean, really would have been the Batverse. I mean, cause that's basically, mm. he was playing a similar version of Batman too, you know? Well, I mean, Green Arrow didn't have a rogues gallery in the comics. He had Count yeah. Vertigo. That was it. Yeah. So Supergirl is looking at footage of the antimatter wave when Lex Luthor shows up, the monitor brought him back from the dead. Because he has a role to play in the crisis, played by John Cryer, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again: he's my favorite on-screen Luthor. He's I great. Love him. Love Very him. Awesome. Yeah. He really is. Does. That have been improved. That's over Clancy Brown's. Uh, 
I don't count. Uh, I don't count Clancy Brown because it was the animated series. Okay, that's what I was gonna. That's the. I. Uh, I'm with you. I'm a crier guy. I, when I first heard him got hired, I'm like, what? Yeah, me too. No freaking way. But he was pretty darn sinister and was played it pretty dark. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I always like Rosenbaum, but I really, really think Cryer just takes it up to another level because he, he buy into him and stuff, there, and he went all in. There were a lot of episodes of Supergirl, especially her the last season, which was not good. No, where it was carried on the back. Anytime where Cryer was on as Lex, you could count on it being a better episode. Just agreed. His back and and um. Melissa Benoist. Yeah. yeah, she has a charm to her. Yeah. So <laughs> she even calls him a poisonous snake, which is right out of Superman 2, I believe. Because Tra- Travis, they don't just have characters make cameos. It's not just themes. Yeah, There are lines of dialogue throughout this that are from the various movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kate Kane comes in, flicks Lex's chin. Says that she's new and unfriendly. Yeah. And then she goes to see Kara, who's upset about this. And she goes, Lex Luthor, kind of a dick. We got a crisis dick. <laughs> Travis. Yeah. Yeah. There you he, go. There you go. We did get, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so technically, it's not in the legends, though. Uh, the, we'll see if they had to make an appearance. Yep. That's hilarious. Dude, I, uh, something we noticed uh, by watching season four of Legends that uh, we just finished. A ridiculously weird amount of them saying dick. You're a dick. He's a dick. Yeah, hey, yeah. you dick. Paul Rubens was playing the murderous puppet and he was constantly saying dick. It was really, really fucking weird. Do you think you, they can get away with that a lot easier on TV now uh, because it's, you can say it's not a curse word? I guess. I, guess. I thought that felt like they were trying to prove a point. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, it, 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 it was so so strange because some of the lines were terrible and they were like yeah. we need to shoehorn a dick in here well that sounds dirtier than i thought uh, <laughs> yeah. but now we got the now we got that crisis dick yeah it's a saying. crisis dick and that's like, gotta, oh man oof. oof, that's almost as good as that uh premarital sex or pre or pardon me uh <laughs> conjugal visit conjugal visit dick you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that crisis dick <laughs> baby i'm gonna wipe out your multiverse <laughs> So they're commiserating and Kate's just uh, because this is an episode of Batwoman, you have to get a few more references to the actual show or people might be lost as we'll find out. She is, she kind of ends up feeling like the main character in this. She is. Yeah. Um, uh, And the flash is the main character in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So she says uh, to Karen, the other day, my sister killed my stepmom and framed my dad for it. And uh, the Karis says, wow, that's dark even for Gotham. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> <laughs> go down there. When you're down in Dallas, do you tell people that? <laughs> yeah, that go over real big. Make sure you go to Gillies and say that joke. Oh, oh I should go to Gillies, man. I, I want to get one of those old red jackets. Do they still have them? I have no idea. I, I'm not in Dallas enough okay. to... Uh, okay. Gillies. And I'm definitely not in Gillies, to tell you. Because I'm not a... <laughs> Come on, Pete. I, I can see I'm you just, riding that, riding that, uh, 
the, the I have bucket. rode an electric bull, but it's in a bar downtown. So, but that's but that was like ten years ago. But I am uh, I'm not a normal country western bar guy. Uh, not me neither. But so Kate whips out a breacher and says, "Hey, let's go save the universe," and they take off. So we cut to Harbinger, who's hearing voices in her head. We, she doesn't know what it is, but something about the book, and she finds Lex Luthor with the book of destiny, and he steals it and pops away. He's going to go kill all the Supermen. And the monitor looks at her and he says, all part of my dumb, dumb, dumb plan. The Mm -hmm. monitor's plan, all of his plans are fucking dumb. (laughs) They don't make any fucking sense. (laughs) We'll get to more of them. And he looks so smug. LaMonica Garrett, who is a great actor. I've seen him in other things. He's awesome in that uh, 1883, I believe it is. Yes, yeah, 1883. incredible in that. But he doesn't. We'll get to a scene where he finally gets to actually open up with Lois Lane next episode. And you see, oh, this guy can act. But with these monitor lines, yeah, are tough. Yeah, rough. tough role. Yeah, tough rough. Part. And, and then they also enhance his voice, which doesn't probably help either, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. for the line readings. So yeah, I, th- I thought he could do that naturally. It's just, you know, like those Tibetan throat singers. Is <laughs> that what it is? Just walk right in. Day one. <laughs> So Barry and Iris are talking. Maybe he doesn't have to die in the crisis. And they come up with a plan to go find a Lazarus pit to bring Ollie back. So let's just cover all that. The There's like there's an A plot. There's a B plot. There's a C plot. There's I think this is the E plot. No, the, the E plot is Mick Rory reading pornography to a baby. This is the, the D plot. <laughs> <laughs> so the monitor is going to have Iris go help find the Kryptonian parent now. And uh, Sarah comes in. She goes, Sarah's like the voice of the audience because she's breaking the fourth wall and then gets in this line. Huh. Miss one group chat. And now there are paragons and I'm one of them. Great. Mm. <laughs> it's like, that's how I felt. Paragons. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so Maya or Mia tells her, her about the Lazarus pit idea. Sarah fills her in on the danger. And this is what you're saying. She's like, it's my dad. And Yeah it's tough mm-hmm. well at least here as opposed to the titan show it's not underneath arkham asylum the uh, uh the Lazarus Lazarus pit. Pit. so at least they had to go somewhere besides <laughs> underneath the prison of where all the prisoners are that was, daisy. that was very convenient on the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. how could we have been so foolish <laughs> hilarious <laughs> that's funny Titan, Travis, Titans is a show that's like big, dumb fun. But if you if you try to Think. really make sense of the the plots, you'll mm-hmm. you'll go crazy. It's just big, mm-hmm. dumb fun, but it it has some gaping plot holes. Oh yeah, without a doubt, you can drive a giant truck through each season. There's been something. At least this last season, I thought was the most enjoyable of all of them. But uh, it was still had plenty. I mean. Lazarus pit underneath the freaking uh, uh, Alchem Asylum. Alchem Asylum, yeah. Uh, that's a show that I feel is heavily carried by the guy who plays Dick Grayson. He's uh, totally. the best. I mean, he's like Robin Nightwing stepped off the comic page. The guy is. Cool. He looks perfect. Yeah. Is that who we saw briefly at the very beginning of it? No, that was Hawk and uh, Jason Todd. Jason yeah. Todd. Okay. Uh, in footage that would be, uh, someone said in the IMDb that because uh, they didn't they just used a, a, some you know stock footage from an episode of Titans yeah and I know exactly did. which one it was yeah 
And they go, well, the Titans crew and cast didn't know they were going to do that. And the Titans cast and crew were very upset because it showed them being wiped out. You know, you don't want to make them look weak. I was like, yeah. what is this wrestling? No, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. I'm sure that didn't stop them from getting paid. Um, <laughs> so on the wave rider, Constantine. We go over in crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got to go over <laughs> in the crisis. <laughs> Constantine casts a spell to show the remaining parallel earths looking for a Lazarus pit, and there's only one left because all the ones on their earth were destroyed by uh, Speedy, Green Arrow's uh, sister. So Sarah makes a promise that he'll get Ollie's soul back, and he says he'll try. So they go to Earth 13, North Dakota, and they find a Lazarus pit being guarded by Jonah Hex. It's Jonathan's, Jonathan Skage yeah. gets to make an appearance. Yeah, pretty. Uh pre-facial uh, scar yeah pre-scar what season was he what season was he in legends so well, i remember him being in one right one Man and two. two and three i'm trying yeah. to remember he made two i think two appearances he wasn't, in, he wasn't in this last one but yeah i think he's yeah we've definitely seen him was and i think yeah i think he's one in the future i think he ended up doing an episode with diggle uh uh-huh. he got diggled getting diggled and hexed at the same yeah. time Ooh. So Sarah beats, Sarah beats the shit out of him and says, well, guess you're going to get the scar anyway. Yeah. He starts yeah. cutting the scar and I thought that was yeah. badass. Yeah. And he takes off like a pussy and uh, they turn it into a working uh, pit and they get that body in there. And eventually it jumps out as an animal without a soul. All of her soul isn't in there. Sarah tranquilizes him. Constantine can't get his soul from purgatory because the antimatter is fucking up his mojo slash penis. Mm-hmm. because yeah. that's the joke he was making yeah i i like uh i i, I do want to uh i kind of wish um amel would have kind of been more like when you know when uh randy savage will get blinded or something or, or when the wrestler, <laughs> and they'll just start swinging blind swinging. <laughs> <laughs> that been pretty awesome so, so let's go to earth 99 i don't know the significance of the 99 i was gonna say isn't it batman 99 or bat or like uh who's the future Batman? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was, that's when the animated series started. No, animated series started in ninety two. Okay, yeah, earlier. No, but well, I maybe think like, I think I, I think maybe 90... like like a twenty ninety nine type thing. Like I know that's Marvel, but you know what I mean. Like where does that future Batman Batman Beyond? When does I that think it's take? Batman Beyond. I think that's yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. But they're playing the Batman the Animated uh, Series music, and just just hearing yeah. that is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the same. That's the Danny Elfman from Batman '89. It's a pretty much, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we're at Stately Wayne Manor, mm-hmm. and uh, Kara and Sarah, uh, Sarah, Kara and uh, Kate, Kate, knock on the door. It's answered by Luke Fox in an unbuttoned shirt, showing it his eight pack. Now, because on uh, on Batwoman, he's like the tech guy you know always in a suit and he's, he's kind of like her alfred slash tech guy and uh never gets and he's show. the son of lucius fox son of lucius fox as well you know i see yeah you, you would I know more from uh morgan freeman playing him in the, yep, in the yep. nolan movies yeah yeah because in most of the most of the film uh versions and even animated lucius fox has never been really used as a major character until, no. the, until the nolan movies mm-hmm. uh so this actor here he's getting a chance to show show him how fucking sexy he is because he doesn't get to do that on uh the other show well he well he becomes night uh batwing 
Yes. Yeah. He becomes a superhero because once again, as Pete, as you know, everyone has to be a superhero on all yeah. these shows. Everyone eventually has to put on a, a mask and be a character. True. Or like Supergirl's sister, bad makeup instead of a mask. Yes. Something. Oof, it's so bad. Terrible. So Supergirl kicks open the door while Kate is fumble fucking with the key and Luke pulls out a gun and then we hear this deep voice, a somewhat recognizable voice coming down the stairwell like Luke. That was a great, you guys, uh, that was great an intro so of him because you know the voice and you're like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here he comes. You know the voice it, more than anything else. Of course. It's, yes. It's Kevin Conroy doing, I mean, he, he doesn't do live action. He's ever. And they get Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, Bruce Wayne, the voice. And there's no other. I mean, other people have done it since. I've heard some pretty good takes. Nobody has ever been as good as Kevin Conroy. And he's in the Kingdom Come exosuit. That's what that is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The version of it. It's the yeah. WB's version of it. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's there's a, a number, a lot of Kingdom Come references in this. Oh, episode. this thing is yeah. tons yeah. of Kingdom Come. One of my favorite miniseries of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes down the stairs in that exosuit and uh, he sees Kate and he's like, Kate? And she says, Bruce? Now, we haven't seen Bruce Wayne outside of a, a picture in a newspaper in an episode of Batwoman, I believe. So, Yeah, and then, well, they then they, they cast it. They had the actor play, it was Clayface. Uh, that's right, they Bruce did Clayface. Wayne, yeah. Speaking of Clayface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, uh, Kate's dead on this world. And he says to her, he's like, uh, Clayface is a puddle and Jane Doe is in Arkham. Who the fuck are you? Who's Jane Doe? I had to look her up, too. I guess she's another villain. She's a lower tier Batman, Batwoman villain ah, who, who can, can like, assume identities. Cool. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with it either. I did a quick look up. But yeah, she can just assume identities. Yeah, and I like, and I really, I associate Clayface more with, like yeah, you say, you associate Lucius Fox more with the Nolan films uh, lately, but I associate Clayface more with the with the animated series. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Clayface was always one of my favorite Batman villains, but... And he had, because on the yeah. animated series, he, I mean, that was such, that was such a long run that yeah. you really got to do deep diving and see a lot of origins of yeah. some of these villains and stuff, too, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I even like the uh, Clayface uh, Clay 3 they had in the comics. It was a, a weird take they did uh, with Marshall Rogers did the art. It was like a guy's skin was melting and he wore a bubble on his head and it was really fucking freaky. But uh, they tried to reboot uh, in the 70s. They tried to reboot Clayface. Huh. I just love it because it sounds like such a Dick Tracy villain name. Clayface. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. So she explains the the multiverse is dying and he's a paragon and uh, needs him to come and help. And he's like, you're too late. You know, look at me. I'm all fucked. And he gives her the newspaper with the headline that says bats reign of terror over. And I really like over the course of this, the slow realization that they're dealing with a madman because mm-hmm. it comes on slow. And yes, I don't. It, I've heard some people criticize Conroy here that he's too over to the top. And I disagree. I think he's just fun. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. him. He was chewing the scenery. Yeah. And I think like, it's good that like he's, he comes off as though like the thing is almost keeping him alive. Right. And he's, mm-hmm. he's more, he's more machine now than man. 
Like, you know, like, he's, 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 he is I'll give like, you a negative two for the Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. accent. <laughs> See, right. <laughs> Working like Guinness. Um, uh, but, but he is starting to look like he's, he's looking weak, right? Weak in the face. So I think it makes sense that the performance would go along with it. So he became a killer and his cape put on the cape to redeem him and died. And she's trying to give him the whole, it's time to be a hero again speech, but Kate, not Kate, Kara and Luke are in the trophy room and we see the Riddler's cane and a bloody Joker card and the, the snow globe from Mr. Freeze. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Clark, Clark Kent's glasses with a bloody bullet hole. Yeah. Nora was loving all of this. My daughter is watching this with, with us. We, she, we're way into this. Uh, it's been really fun watching this with her, right? She was excited to she's excited to watch the rest of this series. Just mm. you know, it's 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 an overload of superheroes, right? And like, how could you not want to? Even if you're lost in all the the extra Paragon gobbledygook and everything, um, it's just a lot of bright colors going on here, man. Well, when I was <laughs> Rec- like recognizable, uh, you know, uh, icons. Well, when I was a little kid and uh, going to buy comic books. I remember if I only had so much money, I'd want to buy a Justice League or an Avengers because I was getting more superheroes for my yeah, for, for yeah, my fifty yeah, cents. Yeah. <laughs> so and, soups. Okay. I'll well, hold on. This is interesting here because we're watching it, and they were first just referring to them as trophies, right? And then in the lore in the comic books and the animated series, he did collect these trophies. You know, like he mm-hmm. saw the the big uh, Harvey Dent quarter or you know coin, blah blah blah. But now we realize he's a fucking serial killer, and these are freaking tokens or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, what would what, what a caracom? Trophies. Trophies. He said, not trophies. Says, no, Luke said they're mementos, and she goes, you "Yes, trophies." Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, okay, just like a serial killer, or you know, Bundy, or something mm-hmm. would have a lock of hair or this to right. climb to the crime. Now it's okay. Now it's like we we're dealing with a different Batman. Once that yeah. line was uttered. So Bruce tells Kate he can't even walk as Supergirl comes in and confronts him. And then we get we get a little uh, Dark Knight Returns as well in here. Mm-hmm. Like when he says, Clark always said yes to a badge or a flag. That's right out of Dark Knight yeah. Returns. Yeah. And he punches her with some kryptonite. And then we get a little Superman 1. Mm-hmm. Little souvenir from the hometown. Yeah. Right out of Gene Hackman, from Gene Hackman's mouth to Kevin Conroy's. It's just one thing after another. If yeah. you're if you're a deep, deep DC nerd, it's just one thing after another in this. I love it. Yeah, I would never have picked up on any of this unless you're pointing it out, honestly. Oh yeah. Oh I know like I watched those these movies a bazillion times, but man, it's been years since now that I've watched any of it. I will watch the first Superman movie at least once every two years. Okay. Because I just I love it so much. And he says, let it all end, Bruce does. He's a maniac. They fight, he fights with Batwoman, and he, he gets, I mean, he doesn't just get electrocuted. He gets electrocuted by panel. I mean, by electrical panel. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the most Star trek death ever, right? Yeah, it is. You fall into a panel. <laughs> and I, I love how it ends, because you think, when he's gasping his last words, every trope would be, you know, the electricity made him sane before he dies, and he'd say something like, forgive me, or, no. or whatever. He just looks up at her and goes, Kate, 
there is no hope <laughs> and kicks <Yeah>. the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading, there's a lot of stuff in the IMDb interviews with Conroy. He said that he loved working with Melissa Benoist and Ruby Rose. He thought they were great scene partners, uh, made him feel very comfortable. But he also said there was a lot of negative reaction from fans. And I saw some of it on IMDb. Like, how dare you turn Batman into a serial killer? Yes. I, I, I Yeah, he got a lot of heat for this, you know? Yeah. I'm like, really? Mm. <laughs> Have you read a comic book? Mm. I mean, no offense, Batman is a serial yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we want to talk about some uh, IMDb outrage. Let's get to our next uh, little subplot, because we're going to Smallville mm-hmm. with Tom Welling and Erica Durance, who gets uh, to be play two roles in The Crisis. She was, she's Supergirl's mom, and uh, she was also Lois Lane from Smallville. Huh. And I mentioned this uh, last episode, Travis. There's a, yeah. I didn't realize just how rabid a fandom Smallville had. Yeah. Or has. Yeah. Pete, did you watch Smallville? Yes. All of it, all the way through? Yeah. That was 12 12 seasons, right? Was it? I couldn't tell you, but yeah. It was on forever. I thought it was going to be Kristen Kriuk who came up. I I don't know who she had played. She played Lana Lana. Lana Lane. Okay, so that's obviously not who he's going to end up with. Um, Yeah. And, uh, the fandom of Smallville hates hates this. Hates this scene. What? Yes. They hate it. Really? They, dude, I had to go when I was looking for material for the IMDb DB bit. I had to comb through just review after review of fuck you, CW. You ruined Smallville. Clark would never have given up his powers. You said spitting in the face and uh, glad Welling got a paycheck, but this isn't canon. I mean, it's bonkers. Oh, it's wow. bonkers. They went nuts. And you know what? Welling loved it, if I'm not mistaken. Thought this was a perfect character uh, that his decision would uh, make. Perfect, stuff. Uh, wrap up like one nice little coda, little epilogue to the whole yeah. series. Of- yeah. That that's he really, I felt. He really was the small guy. You know, he really was a person who didn't, you know, that he would rather be his father, you know, would rather be Jonathan Kent than Superman. Oh, that's amazing. Like, that's so poetic and, like, I got that impression even without having seen a single Smallville episode. I think I read for it twice, maybe, or all the times it was here. Never quite got it. But I mean, we're kind of burying the lead here, too. Tom Welling looks like a a fuck a billion bucks. This guy looks incredible. He looks like, what's his, um, Efron esque. Why is he not working everywhere? Or I don't like, know. what's his? I don't know what his story is. But he looked great. I, like this was could be so... got typecast. I mean, it has something to do with yeah, it. Good point. Good point. Um. It, wow. And this was so Kingdom Come. The uh, that uh, him chopping wood. Uh, stuff. Remember when we first meet mm-hmm. Superman with a big beard in uh, Kingdom Come? Yeah, it's, also very, it's also very. It's also imagery. <laughs> it's also very. Um, the, the famous Alan Moore Superman uh, story that wrapped up all of the Superman mythos right before mm-hmm. John Byrne revamped Superman in 85 yeah. was a two-parter called Whatever Happened to the Man of Steel. And it's awesome. I remember. Yeah. It's awesome. yeah. And it ends kind of like, like he's depowered and he lives on a farm with Lois or something yeah. like that. It's a, 
it's, he's got a, he's got a pencil thin mustache in that yeah. though, so no pencil thin mustache i mean like look it's great to have kevin conroy on here and it and it like hearing that voice like kind of made the back of my the hair on the back of my neck stand up and really kind of scratch some nostalgia itch and and it's really cool having them there but having tom welling show up in the middle of this gave this a level of uh, of weight and legitimacy that they hadn't had yet he because he comes from what was a real show i mean i don't say it yeah. like a real show it was a show that was popular like as you said for 12 years but it wasn't just like a superhero show that was popular it was a show that was you know on the cover of tv guide before superheroes were a big deal right mm -hmm. he feels like you know i i hate to say it, it, it smallville is bigger than any of the arrowverse shows ever was hmm i i, I don't I, know I, man I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know ratings wise. Uh, when they... we're talking um, just in terms of like mainstream uh, acceptance, I think I well, could... I can find that argument. My argument, my pushback would be, yeah, but Arrow spawned a whole entire uh, yeah. verse as yeah, opposed it did. to it did. Oh, hey, and the city of Vancouver is very grateful. Yeah, <laughs> to, to <laughs> the, to... but. But I'm just saying, as a as a, an individual show, I like uh, like I said. Remember, there was like four different drawings. And would by, but would uh, any of Alex those shows? Ross. But would any of those shows have spawned? Would they have tried it if Smallville was successful? Uh, I agree. I agree. Standing Smallville on the shoulders spawned, of giants. Smallville yeah. spawned Arrow. All the right. people who worked on Smallville went on to create Arrow, or lots of people did. Yeah. Uh, the original idea was to use the actor who played Green Arrow on Smallville. And then they decide to just start fresh. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean it's all one continuous family. Like I said, the kid, the kid who played Aquaman in Smallville plays Hawk on Titans. Mm -hmm. But as I say, like I mean, it's different at times, of course. Like, and we've got internet, you know, niches, and everybody can have their show for themselves now. So it'll never kind of like I think to look at ratings would be a weird thing to do. But yeah, I don't know. I just think. Uh, I, I, yeah, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I haven't covered enough. But just like from an outsider's point of view, uh, it felt like the the peak of Smallville uh, has. I, I haven't seen that kind of peak in terms of. As I'll say it again, like yeah, mainstream acceptance with. The, and Smallville was also the first really, really, unless you count the original Batman and Robin of uh, of Batman in the sixties to be right. a, or Lois a, and Clark. Lois and Clark was yeah. in between there too, right? And but, that yeah, was, but that was really success. But, Lois and Clark was briefly a success. Smallville yeah. was mm -hmm. a success yeah. that petered out from being hip anymore, but mm -hmm. then just yeah. quietly turned into a superhero show with capes and superheroes and yes. uh, Doomsday and the whole nine yards and went on. I know, their own Justice season. League, you know? Yeah. Anyway, Tom Welling. So, Tom Welling, you know what you know who else so he good. looks like? I love this scene. You know what else so. he looks like? He looks like the brawny man. Hey, and they made a joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> and Lois and Clark and Iris show up to warn him about Lex Luthor. And he goes, the president? He's like, oh, that makes sense. And this earth, he'd be president. And they did that in the comics, too. So they flash out as Lex And they flash. And then in, in Smallville, they actually uh, showed uh, 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 Lex as president. Like, oh, they did flash forwards. Yeah, like little okay. clips. Like, you'd see the future type stuff. Uh, oh, okay, cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he had and he had the black glove because his uh, hand was uh, kryptonite poisoned and all that stuff. Oh, that's that's dope. Cool. So uh, I love that Lex sees a uh, Welling, you know, who's just a giant man. And, yeah. Uh, it goes. He's like, 
huh, this universe, you're Clark Kent. That'd be ridiculous in my universe. Yeah. That guy's a, <laughs> that guy's yeah. a schlub. Look, yeah. at, look at you, you hunky, hunky beef. Exactly. He's not burying the lead the way we did. And, uh, <laughs> and he looks at him. He's like, yeah, you're not Lex. And he's like, listen, I'm just a guy working on my farm. And either Wellings, I think, again, he's great here. I think he's so, when Lex tells him his plan about the multi, tells him the multiverse is ending. And that his plan here is, this is a great, super villain plan uh he's going to kill all the supermen so if as he calls them the super friends do save the universe there'll be no superman to stop him just all the other superheroes so <laughs> kind of an odd plan but it's a, it, as far as bad guy plans go pretty cool and it yeah. fits uh, the arch rival trope mm-hmm. kind of thing this is uh you know if I, why kill one of you when i can kill a hundred of you yeah, well, and who was the Superman that uh, died on the one uh, Earth that they were at originally? Oh, we're oh, getting yeah. to that in a minute. It, that was oh, okay. um, Tyler, but it was it was Tyler Hawkland. It was uh, the same actor who played. Oh, was it? Didn't even look like him. Yeah, it, it was because it was the same Lois too. I know it was uh, the same Lois, but I didn't. But I thought it didn't look like uh, Superman. It didn't look like Tyler Hawkland. Yeah, pretty awesome sure if it was Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher for that one shot. Big a bloated. It was Superman. definitely. It was definitely the Lois here, but the guy looked just way bigger than uh, Tyler Hawkland. Yeah. Well, Dean Cain, uh, you know, he played a uh, Supergirl's father on the. Right. Like I said, they right. love yeah, to hire me. all the people who have played had uh, some sort of connection. Yeah. Some connection. Yeah, Supergirl. Until- they had her from the movie. Yeah, Helen Slater plays her her mom, uh, her Earth mom. But uh, Earth Dad had to be written out of the show because Dean Cain got to Dean Cain and, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's hanging out with the My Pillow guy, so yeah, you yeah. can't be on a Berlanti show, pal. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but Lex goes pulls out the kryptonite. It doesn't work, and he tells him, "I gave up my powers," and this just blows Luthor's mind. How could you give up being a god? Just yeah. And he goes to punch him, and I love it. He just catches his fucking punch. He goes, still stronger, and decks the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lex punks out with some line like, ah, it's not worth it if you're, you know, if you don't have powers. And your world's going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah, goodbye. And he's right, though. Yeah. He's, you are all dead, by the way. Because um, as Erica Dur- uh, Durance, who I will always remember from that beginning uh, when she uh, joined the cast of Smallville, and the open had that bikini shot every oh, week. Oh, yeah. I'd make wow. sure to check out that open. Wowzers. <laughs> yeah, I, she, I, uh, I they say she's the sexiest uh, Lois Lane, and I have to agree. It's, yeah. Over, Terry Hatcher? Over Terry Hatcher? Over Terry Hatcher. At, yes. At peak? Terry Hatcher was one of like. Well, the first... I'll go and say Terry Hatcher, I thought was smoking hot like uh, forever. And especially yeah. in Tango Cash, I thought she was incredibly oh, hot. Yeah. But they never played her sexuality up on Lois. The Lois who did it for me was uh, Noelle Neal from the there 50s you go. show. Well, you know, you grew up in the black and white era, John. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, he tells her, Clark tells Lois, yeah, the multiverse is ending. And she doesn't believe him. And he's like, huh, all right, let's all go die as a family then. And that's the, yeah, yeah. That's the last we yeah. see of him. And, wow. Pete, you mentioned that Welling said that he thought this was a wonderful coda. So did Mark Guggenheim, the guy who... He's like Berlanti's number two guy yeah. running these shows. When they asked him about the criticism, criticism, he was like, I thought it was perfect. It, it's not like, because people were saying like, 
But he became Superman. Why would he give it up? This is supposed to be in the future. So he was Superman. Yeah. He had adventures. Save the save the world a thousand times. Save the world a thousand times. And this is his goodbye. Yeah. And uh and I thought it was really lovely. I really yeah. enjoyed this thing. I think a lot of it was boils down to the fans who they wanted more of this to be a more of a, a more Smallville centric episode. Sure. Or sure. or or a and if we're bringing Superman, yeah. If we're bringing Superman back, get yeah, that, some son of a bitch on every episode if you can. I <laughs> yeah, can. I think they wanted him. <laughs> I think they wanted more than what they got, and I think so. <laughs> on top of that, they're pissed, you know. And so I think that speaks to just how good a scene it was, man, and how how like like yeah, I'm sure people are. We want to see our favorite Superman because that's probably what it is. This was their favorite Superman. Yeah, this kind this fans, argument. Right? Reminds me kind of on the uh, like on the Star Wars Rebel show where they had the Obi Wan and Darth Maul final battle and it lasted ten seconds, but it was a great ten seconds. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, and, and it worked. Hmm. Uh, but and that's how I felt like this scene was. So before we go to break, uh, we go to Ray, who's building a paragon detector because why the fuck not? He can build a paragon detector, I guess. And Mick is reading the baby pornography, which the baby loves. Mm-hmm. Leonard gets a little sassy about it and he starts, uh, he reads to the kid this line. He's like, and then Buck saw her and he struck like a cobra. Yeah. Oh, my best writing. And just walks off with a smile on his face. Is, is, yeah. is Buck, Buck code for his dick? No, Buck's his hero. Buck his is hero. It, it's basically okay. his alter ego. Yeah. It's his, okay. yeah, well, I just said, you know, strike like a cobra, like yeah, a snake. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. No, Buck, Buck is the uh, hero of his romance novels. They're, they're sci-fi romance novels. God, you Jesus Christ. And, and the, 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 the heroine is a three-breasted warrior woman named Garima who comes to life and we get to see her every now and then. It's fantastic. All right, we'll be right back with more Gideon, guys, after these words. State coordinates of new land acquisition. Oh, we know that big oak tree that got struck by lightning? Negative. The barn with the funny cow mural? Negative. One-eyed scarecrow? Negative. Giant water tower? You're not from here, are you? I've never seen him. That hardly matters. Robots don't know you. We do. Hey, how's your dad doing? For over 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Have you guys seen the new Batman movie? No. Not yet. Three hours, dude. Tell me about it, dude. I went went to an early showing, and I'm like, holy fuck. I get out of the the theater, and it's like 1.30 in the afternoon. I got there at 10. (laughs) I'll watch it when it gets to HBO Max. Good, though, Pete. (laughs) Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot, yeah. Yeah, I've heard heard good stuff. I've heard uh, Patterson is pretty awesome. He was pretty awesome. And you know, like, there's a lot of complaints. Oh, we did. We well, one we didn't see. I mean, there's no spoiler. We don't see a lot of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm, and right. it's like, well, you know, it's it's year two Batman. So I mean, he hasn't learned uh, the difference yet. So um, I, I kind of I like that uh, take on it. Cool. Suki, get back, get back. Got all the dogs down here now. Nice. I want to talk crisis. It's uh, the crossover. Just trying to pack. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> Exactly. Crypto and and, uh, and the, the, the legion was the legion of super pets is yeah who's Ward Comet yeah Comet the super horse and Bat Pup or whatever. No, there was no 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 that Ace the Bat Hound was not in the legion of super pets. So that's what we thought he was walking at the start. Are you guys have you seen the the coming attractions for that movie? 
Legion of Super Pets? I don't know if that's the exact oh, name. Oh, yeah, but... yeah, it's just called Super Pets or something. Yeah, no, yeah. I've seen I saw a poster for it. I haven't seen an ad yet, no. Yeah, they have Kevin Hart playing the voice of the Batman's dog. Um, I think they have the rock playing the, rock the voice crypto, of, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah do do they have the horse that Supergirl wants to fuck? I don't know. That'd be an interesting do, subplot. No, there's a uh, comet. The super horse was the whole, it was her pet super horse, but he's actually a, a person who was transformed into being a horse and she doesn't know it. And there's this weird romance subplot about oh, Supergirl wanting to fuck a horse. It's fucking wild. Yeah, I don't think you know, they do that for the for this movie. <laughs> this is the 60s. <laughs> Welcome back to Gideon, guys. And before we get back to Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 2, uh, Travis, what else do we have going on? Well, first of all, a lot of great shows here on the Pwam Podcast Network, including a return of my podcast, uh, Yours, Mind the Truth, that, uh, Johnny, you were nice enough to join us. Well, it's your great idea. Uh, and my buddy, uh, Ted McCoy, uh, for a look at the Beatles' White Album, and we shrunk it down to one. It was such a good time. I was listening to it the other day. I think it's great. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I think we had a lot of fun. Johnny, thank you again for that. So everyone mm, should check you. that out and the other great shows on the Palm Podcast Network. Uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, well, we're recording this early Saturday Afternoon later tonight, we go back live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jarvis Washing Machine uh, every other Saturday, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time to watch old wrestling cards, or in this case, a couple of cards uh, with, uh, again, it's uh, Johnny and I and our, our buddy Kelly Nelson. Pete, you know him well. And uh, and today we're used, uh, joined by another one of the fourth guys who's become another big regular. Together we're the Frightful Four, James Hamilton, and we're just going to watch old wrestling uh, and and. As we're really at this episode 49 and 50 coming up here, we're going to kind of put them together and I'm kind of taking a between the sheets approach just because of, I just, I, you know, you just kind of surf around YouTube to see what pops up. And for some reason, somebody put up uh, this guy, Russell 40, he's our provider. Um, December, or pardon me, February 20th, 1982. There's a, he put up the, the card from this card from Georgia and Memphis that we're going to watch as well as a card from Philly for WWF. I'm trying to think, like, I don't know why he, maybe he just thought, wow, there's a lot going on on this particular day. And Pete, maybe you know, is there something of note kind of happening around here at this time? February 20th and 82? Hmm. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, because I watched, uh, like, today, I'm trying to get a, I am, uh, like, when I'm folding laundry, I was watching a bit of Southeastern wrestling around that time, too, and it's when Freebirds are feuding, uh, Terry Gordy and Michael Hayes aren't getting along um so i'm trying to yeah it's it, this will be an interesting experiment anyways just to see this will be cool to just get a you know dip our toes all over the place here for the next couple so yeah that's yeah um, well i mean my big discourse with all the territories a lot of them they always try to peek uh their stories the draw big house on certain times so this might be where their stories were mm. peeking on some of the big angles and right. and they'd all do them all together a lot of times because a lot of times when you think about it They'd be cycling out town to go into a different territories. We're all pretty, I think, pretty similar because mm. they all kind of had the type, same type of mentality on how to book. I mean, they had different ways of booking, but they had usually about peaking and peaks of where you want your promotion to get hot or slow, cool down. And yeah, they, you know, it's all, like you know, it's like when you have a bunch of ladies who all work in the same office and they start to get on the same cycles. You know, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Exactly. There you go. That's what all the, the promoters are all on the same cycle. Likely, mostly uh, <laughs> men listen to this show. Right, thankfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking. Uh, not this show. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but what was uh, so I was going to mention so Flair's champ, but this time uh, he's he's about to take on Fuller in Alabama. I'm trying to think of who he, if he's going to cross over at all. If we're going to hear from him at all, would we hear from him at all in Georgia? I would think so. I, I would wouldn't think so be surprised too. I if he's working he's... at Tommy Rich, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's what we'll see. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Or maybe a DiBiase if he was there in '82. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see how this turns up. And, like, maybe we'll have some answers as to why uh, these all kind of stuff. Because it's it's fascinating to me. Like, I, like I mean, Johnny and I, we love it because uh, we love it when it's garbage because it creates a lot of funny too, a lot of comedy. But there, every once in a while, we get some gold. So we always said, even if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, either come watch, join us live. Twitch.tv slash Jarvis Watch Machine. If, if not, I put them up on uh, YouTube. That's YouTube.com slash C slash Jarvis Washing Machine. Mystery Titans Theater. Now's the time on the show where we like to check in with everyone's favorite immortal despot, Vandal Savage, and see what he's drinking tonight. It's time for Savage Brew. Well, it's, it's an early afternoon, Johan. <laughs> it's an early afternoon. Who the fuck do you think I am? Well, but... I, I, come on. It's a BFGG, baby. But, but, I uh, I did, I was in the store the other day and I saw an old favorite. You'll remember this name and I just wanted to give it another shout out. You'll remember it because it suited me and my persona so well. Wild Ambition Brewing. Oh. Top of the class. Bellator Cherry Sour. Something, so here's his true story. I will go to the liquor store Friday nights just to pick up for the weekend, especially if I'm getting together for the boys, with the boys and the ladies online to watch old wrestling. If I got Mystery Titans Theater, check it out. I'm a big fan. And usually I will, you know, you get enough and you get a six pack and a four tall boys or something to last you all the way through Sunday. But I like to throw in one, one, you know, a treat for myself. And I walk past this wild ambition, and it's like five dollars for a tall boy. But you know what, Johan, it's worth it. It is a great, great sour. You know, I've been falling in love with sours lately, and I hope our listeners will too. Including, looks like we've got a guest with us today. Yeah, uh, Mister Pete Shu. Oh, Pete, I, I saw some uh, recent picture. We have, you saw you on about a year ago. You've lost a lot of weight. Fat, congratulations to you. I just want to say quickly, uh, when are you going to work on the face? Uh, and Johan, yeah. Johan, one last thing. This beer, this particular beer, as I mentioned last time, jeez, far too sophisticated a flavor palette for your infantile taste buds. Goodbye! You All know right. that Vandal Savage sounded awfully a lot like Adam Sandler. I, ain't, I mean, I ain't kidding you. <laughs> Wow, that'd be it. Ah, now that's dream casting. I would. <laughs> Adam Sandler is Vandal Savage. Hi, I am DB Curious. Again, the IMDb entries for these crisis shows is not like normal for uh, our Legends podcast, where there's 
know, maybe like sometimes there's only three reviews to, to go through and a little bit of weird trivia. The trivia was pages and pages of actual trivia. Wow. Uh, it just, it's crazy. And then the reviews, again, it's 50% Smallville fans who hate it. 50, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of, I hate woke superheroes stuff. It, uh-huh. it, and the, so I really had to go through a lot of bullshit to get these gems. <laughs> but first in trivia, there's an amusing irony to Iris comparing Earth 167's Clark to the brawny lumberjack. That comparison was previously made in Smallville Plastique in 2008, in which the eponymous metahuman was played by Jessica Parker Kennedy who played Barry and Iris's daughter, Nora, in season five of The Flash. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's just, it's just yeah. Wow. That, shows are, uh, yeah. Get the red yarn out. I guess so. Th- only three of four found that interesting. <laughs> that's a long walk. And then, <laughs> wow, you think about it, that's like probably, what, 10 years later? She's mm-hmm. cast as someone's daughter, so she's gained 10 years. Only, on a, only when you have time... Uh, Able <laughs> to go travel through time, you're able to. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Our next bit of trivia. Now, this this one, I, I thought this was something else. In Pennsylvania, specifically Pittsburgh, this episode was pushed back to 12 a.m. due to the nightly sport call recapping the latest Steelers game and then the news. <laughs> good, good finish on that. Huh? All right. 13 of 18 found that in. 13 of 18. All right. This one guy, he, he loves these shows and he lives in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think motherfuckers. Yeah. That's funny. And now we have our IMDb reviewers. Like I said, a lot to get through. But here's one thing I found, Travis. Remember uh, last episode, uh, Pete, we were introduced to the reviewing style stylings of one Thomas Drufke. Sir Thomas Drufke. And thankfully, he does a review of every single episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Now, Travis mentioned last time that the IMDb review page was created for a Drufke. Mm-hmm. Because usually I like to point out some things to make fun of, yeah. this, that, and the other. I figure uh, this is this is this is our 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 this is our mini series recurring bit, Travis. You can't handle the Drifty. You can't handle the Drifty. He's like, oh, like Yo Yo Ma. Yo Yo Ma had a cello. Drifty has the, has the the message boards on IMDb. Yep, and I've uh, I've come up with my voice. I picture him doing this at work, you know. And his boss comes in. Drifty, are you on the IMDb again? No, sir. <laughs> But perhaps unfairly, I kept wanting to compare this crossover to Crisis on Earth X from 2017, which so far was far superior to the one we have now. But I do wonder what exactly the writers think they are doing with the Oliver Lazarus subplot and how they think it's beneficial to Queen's final few episodes in this universe. Is that really the best direction to take the character? But I also keep getting the sense that the surprises and cameos are overshadowing any sense of real stakes or the overall rush of fun that the crossovers usually present us with. Combine that with the rough dialogue at times and a plot that seems far-fetched even for the Arrowverse doesn't make for a great few nights. 
But even saying that, I am enjoying myself quite a bit. But I think I was expecting a tad something a tad different. Subverting the expectations of fans with the scenes involving Tom Welling and Kevin Conroy certainly helped elevate a mostly me- mediocre second part of the five-episode crossover. <laughs> and I, I particularly like, he's like, yeah, those fans who wanted Tom Welling and Kevin Conroy to be something else, and they did, and they and they did something else. Fuck those people. <laughs> yeah, in the most crufty way you can. Yeah, he, he puts it. You know, he puts it like a drufky, not like a hedge path. The hedge drufky, path is just filthy. But yeah. only three out of twelve found that helpful. Get out of town, these people. He's no. he's, he's 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 kind of like a Nick Drake. They're not going to recognize his brilliance until he's dead. Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, nine of those people can't handle the drufki. That's right. That's right. Oh, God. Six out of ten. <laughs> this is a six out of ten uh, called So Inconsistent from Garabedian, who is someone who uh, has appeared before uh, in this bit, uh, who I stopped um, quoting because, you know, he just really was, you know, men's rights at, at activist type guy, but he makes a fond, uh, a fond uh, return here. And I even remember the voice. Start of the episode. Whoa, what's going on? What happened to Nash? Wasn't he standing right there? How much time has passed? Shoot para what? Damn paragons? Oh, you mean your goal was to gather seven people so that those seven people can gather a different seven people. Why? Lex Luthor killed like 16 Supermans, but he deserves no punishment? Infinite universe is what? At the start of the crisis, you specifically mentioned there only being 42 universe. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty good. He's not wrong. He's not. Nothing he's saying is like, these are valid questions. <laughs> Particularly like 16 Supermans. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking awesome. of Superman, the Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. We're on Earth-75, Metropolis, and as uh, Pete mentioned, uh, Lois and Clark are too late. Uh, Lex killed this Superman, and they do the Doomsday panel recreation, which was totally sweet. But then they go to Earth-73. Yeah, Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I was able to. I I noticed that one. I was like, uh, what's his face? Captain America? I got that reference. Captain America, I got that reference, yeah. Oh, God, I remember people waiting online. Buying that book, I, I got mm-hmm. my copy. The the black bag. I had the black armband yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I was he, literally hearing people, people I'd never seen at my comic shop, yeah. literally hearing people like going, "This is gonna put my kid through college." And college, yeah. Okay. And me in my early twenties going like, "That's not how this fucking shit works." <laughs> I I still wear that armband on a daily basis. You do. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> how much are they worth now? That's a good question. I bet you the bagged one. The bagged one is probably still. Five bucks to change. No, yeah, not I definitely because I know they overproduced the shit out of them, so it wasn't like a lot of reprints. But the bagged one, I think, uh, I'll find out. Keep going, guys. All right, so we go to Earth 73, which is the Christopher Reeve Earth. Now, I don't know why it's 73 because the movie came out in 78, but Hmm. maybe there's a reason. But this is our chance to see Brendan Ralph get a chance. I don't want to say redeem himself from Superman Returns because he was, I thought, the, one of the best parts. I totally Superman agree. Returns. Totally agree. I thought him, I yeah. thought the guy who played Perry White's nephew or whatever, but I, but but the character didn't mean anything. I mean, the grand scheme of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought 
I, yeah, I mean, other than that, I thought there wasn't much to it. There's a, a great scene at the bit with the landing the plane in the baseball diamond. I love mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah, I it's funny. This is a real kind of bit of nostalgia for us because like the first film my wife and I uh, went out on a date to was the Brandon Ralph Superman. Superman. Really? Oh yeah, wow! So it's very kind of seeing this kind of full circle watching this now. Yeah, I thought he channeled uh, Christopher Reeve really good. Yeah, That's exactly it. I when I saw that movie, I warts and all. Again, like you know, she sees that her, her child has superpowers, and her first thought is like, "When did you rape me, Superman?" That. <laughs> weird yeah fucking weird um but it was the the idea was this was canonical donnan you know that these he's playing christopher reeve so he because the failure of that film fell on his shoulders a lot which was totally unfair i thought he was Mm -hmm. outstanding in that movie he was great in it the rest of the the plot the the story sucked uh kevin spacey really wasn't a good uh relax luther Kate Boswell was a terrible low terrible lane. Um, Johnny's Johnny's a big Kevin Spacey fan, but just like not his <laughs> not his acting work. Just over the last couple of years, it's thirty dollars. Thirty dollars on eBay for a bagged uh, 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 Superman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm a fan of his YouTube work or whatever <laughs> yes. his, his yeah. Instagrams. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Uh, so, so yeah, yeah so basically. So basically, uh, he was supposed to be like they they ignored Superman three and four. This is supposed to take place uh, after one and two it was uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Routh Superman, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but okay. and yes, but this uh, this team decided that Superman three is part of that. Yes, game. exactly. The, no, the, yeah, the joke totally. at the end. Uh, yeah, but that's just it. He's a he was a great Superman in the movie. He was an amazing Clark Kent. It, it yes. felt I remember seeing that and my jaw dropped. I was like, this is almost eerie how much he looks like and is perfectly doing Christopher Reeve. It's, yes, he he was Christopher Reeve was spot on. I felt that Superman oh. could have been a little bit more light. Uh, he felt a little too dark, but oh, maybe yeah. that would have been the place he was at, you know. Uh, and, and as an actor, that's how he felt Superman was for being away from his family for so long. Right. I mean, and then losing Lois kind of, and, and, you know, uh, but yeah, right. but that, that, that was an actor's choice, mm-hmm. but I didn't believe in, but. So the heroes show up and, uh, and meet this Clark Kent and he tells them the kingdom come story, basically that the reject from Gotham killed everyone. There's a wall of, uh, you know, all the dead people. Lois. Lane, now that's supposed to be the Terry Joker, White. right? That's the Joker. Yeah. And yeah. which is weird. They couldn't name the Joker, but they could reference Batman. It's odd. They, they called him the reject yeah. from yeah. Gotham city, but on the wall is the, uh, the, the newspaper headline with Alex Ross art that I'm sure he didn't get a dime for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't very happy with star girl, by the way, because those photographs they have in Stargirl of the Justice Society, which are oh, totally, his. Based, totally based on his art. Mm. Uh, he didn't get dollar one mm. yeah. for any of that shit. So I love that what they're tying together. This is the Christopher Reeve Superman. And Christopher Reeve Superman is also Kingdom Come Superman because that's the, that's the Kingdom Come story. That's uh, yeah. and the, down to the uh, the the costume. S. It's black. The S on the costume is dope. Yeah, yeah. 
It looks so fucking cool. And, and, uh, and the gray on the, in the side of the, yeah, he looks great. Really you know who else thinks yeah. he looks, you know, who else thinks he looks great? Lois Lane. Lois yeah. Lane here thinks he's fucking looks great. And she, man, they, they play the music, the, the, the Superman and Lois flying music from the first movie mm-hmm. yeah. is playing behind them. And yeah. she's looking at him and boy, her basement gets flooded. <laughs> flooded. Uh, you've used that before. Iris, Iris says, "Hey, it looks like Ray." Yeah, and, and they have the nice bit with both of the Clarks, uh, Tyler Hoechlin and uh, Brandon Routh here. You know, nice glasses. Yeah, same, yeah. same, same with you. Good look. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, "Look, we're here to warn you about Luthor." And he's like, "Oh, I can, I can handle Luthor." But Lois figures out with all this loss, he must be the Kryptonian they're looking for. He's the Paragon. So they tell him about the crisis and. He's the paragon of truth, which is great. You know, truth, justice, and the American way. American way. And, yeah. and the theme swells, the, the, the John Williams theme. Yep. There it is. Oh, my dick's getting hard. Yeah. <laughs> they do the quick double fast super speed switch into their suits. And But yeah, my dick is not getting hard, but I was just agreeing with you about the yeah, music. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I figured. Come yeah. see, come saw, whatever. <laughs> So <laughs> Lex Luthor pops in and now he says he's sick of killing Superman. He's, he's making Superman kill each other now. Mm-hmm. And he takes over Brand, uh, Brandon Rouse Superman and they've got a big fucking Superman fight in the sky. Oh my God. On top of the Daily Planet. On top this of the Daily so Planet. Oh man. Yeah, this scene among, was awesome. Among yeah. the best special effects they've had on this show. This looked like out of a film, out of a comic book. Yep um this show or this crossover has been kind of the high points for cgi cgi yeah. not CGI, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cgi <laughs> <laughs> they threw a lot they they gave berlanti the money for this yeah you know i was talking with a, a friend who worked on these shows as I, I i said i showed you some of the text johnny and he's when i told him that these were uh standouts he said that's great to hear because like this is two separate crews really working together to to make it happen mm-hmm. oh the logistics of this is, is was bonkers yeah as we talked about so they're fighting up in the sky the theme is playing throughout like we said it looks amazing and uh and uh ralph superman is going to kill lois and iris and then lois knocks legs out and they they try to use the book to bring clark uh back to his senses and uh other super you know, you know I to interrupt, but uh yeah you know you're you you referenced dialogue a lot this actually felt a lot like anakin and obi-wan and revenge of the sith when they're fighting hmm, i didn't i didn't think of that yeah, yeah. the high ground yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's burning him but he's just taking the burn and not fighting back and uh the way they get through to him is that you know truth means everything to him this isn't you you have to upset accept the truth and that's what you know means everything to you, truth and justice. And that snaps him out of it. And we get the great, the great joke. He's like, oh, not the first time I went nuts and fought myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it brings in Superman, Superman 3. three. Superman 3. Yeah. Richard Pryor is canon in this yeah. good joke. I like it. I used yeah, to be Cal- used to be Calgary's claim to fame uh in terms of uh movies that shot there with Superman 3. Oh, that was in shot Calgary. in Calgary? Yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, their famous scene, you know, when the guy hits the um uh 
above a guy in a car hits a fire hydrant and start the water starts filling up inside yeah. there. I guess like some uh, somebody didn't think that was uh, uh, a shoot and came like running with a wrench to try to save the guy like, <laughs> when it was happening in Calgary. That's a famous story. I don't know how much truth I remember hearing that at the time. That but man yeah, it was a big deal when Superman three. That man. Uh, that man. Bruce Hart. There you go. <laughs> going into business for himself he knew it was a thing he just wanted to be in the in the well, yeah he was working so he, his way into the it's movie a shot. it's a shot <laughs> <laughs> typical brucey so Hilarious. we got a nice we get a scene with a uh, ray uh meeting ralph you know and it, it's cool because he's a little taller they shoot him a little taller and he's got a, a, mu- a muscle suit underneath he's all buffed up yeah <laughs> and Luthor's in a cell. Uh, it says uh, he's a dead ringer, or for a filthy K- Kryptonian. Because in this, in Travis, this Luthor in uh, the CW verse, yeah, is super alien racist. <laughs> that's his yeah. thing, like far yeah. more so, like far more so than in the comics. You know, that's his thing. He fucking he's he's a jingoistic al- against aliens. That's interesting. Uh, Mick brings Lois the baby. He's got a beer in his hand and a smile on his on his mug. He's like, been paid a lot to walk around with a baby. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Clark meets the baby and the monitor comes in and says, hmm, my plan worked. It was my plan to let Luthor get the book and kill a thousand supermen until he <laughs> found, found the right one. Your plans are the worst. Worst, yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets us there, Charlie. Let's go. <laughs> Supergirl's rightfully pissed about this dumb plan until yeah. she notices uh, her cousin over there, Stacked Ray, says, looking hot. Her basement gets Kryptonian flooded. Oh, Dude, sake. he's... Brandon Routh here. Brandon Routh here is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, flooding basements with a single glance. <laughs> So Kate says, hey, Batman's dead, so we're fucked. And uh, Ray's machine starts working, and it turns out the Paragon of Courage is on the ship, and it's Kate. Because the, the monitor again said, I said the path to finding the bat of the future was to go there, and it's you, Kate Kane. You are the bat of the future. And uh, I wish she just looked at him and said, could you just told me that instead of having yeah. me murder Kevin yeah. Conroy? Yeah, ridiculous. Um <laughs> So but we got to see Kevin Codd, right? Um, I mean, well, we've gone a lot. We talked about how she does. She is definitely get had the main character this episode. This, this is her show. Um, she's um, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely stunning. Ruby Rose. She's not an actress. I'm sorry. Like it's uh, very stilted. Watched, yeah, there's just not much going on there. It's it's too bad. I mean, she's not not to the point of of it just being. Oh my gosh. Like I can see, like there's enough there. She is gorgeous enough, and and if they don't give her too much to do, she could. I I can see with that. God, the camera loves her, and that's enough to carry that. And she's got that kind of tough kind of like she wears a leather jacket, great, and like fits the the character they were going for. Um, and I know from what we understand, it was her idea to to split after season one. 
Pretty much um, both. Um, I think it was yeah, pretty. I, I would, I would agree that it's probably. Oh, you want to leave? Oh, please don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think it was probably pretty amicable, and uh, uh, I don't think there was. Or, I don't she know also. I just know that. You know. Well, she I'm, also. I'm sure there maybe, wasn't too much of a fight to to keep her around. Well, and maybe rightfully say, I mean, say like, these shows working. These shows are a fucking grind. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. And. Yep the grind was not for her nor was some of the hey do, she do your own stunts yeah yeah yep. uh, and you know she's a somewhat controversial figure in real life um um from what i know but uh um yeah i think she's like i said i'll say it again she's absolutely stunning um the, the yes, thing they of, even re they recast her uh in season two that's what i mean for, yeah and she i thought the one they recast was even hotter really is, oh i haven't yeah. seen because I just like we see a lot of beautiful people on these shows, and yeah. uh, like even among them, she like uh, like she feels like a, a, a model first, which I believe she was, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyway, oh, the dogs are going crazy down here, Travis. I, I can hear those again. squeaky toys. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. They've torn up a pillow. It's nuts down here. So, Kate and Kara are drinking now. Here's the thing: you mentioned that you know her acting skills are what they are. No, I her, thought they had good chemistry together. That's just that. I love this scene. I really her, like this scene. Her best work was with working Supergirl. with Melissa Benoist. Yeah, because mm -hmm. Melissa Benoist is a pro. She's yeah. big time. We've we yeah. said it a million times. She's at a little bit of a different level than everyone else. Big time Broadway star, accomplished actress, mm -hmm. and she's a very giving scene partner. Apparently, yeah. who's real good at bringing out emotions and making people feel comfortable working mm -hmm. with her. And mm -hmm. you see it here. Because it's, it's the, great to be together, yeah, like the great. two iconic uh, kind of characters. It's not Superman world's finest. and Batman, but it is world's finest. Yeah, yeah, it's like the CW is world's finest. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they always shine together. And Kara says she has her hope back. She's going to use that hope to bring use the book to bring back Earth thirty eight. But we see Kate has the kryptonite because she knows that that's that's not a good idea. Mm. And our button here is Harbinger, hallucinating into being captured in the hallway by we get the reveal of the bad guy the anti-monitor mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that's a lot of loaf it's a, it's lot, a of lot of loaf, loaf. <coughs> i don't know um, i mean this is how he looks in the comics right no Pretty this is no. not how he looks in the comics because how he looked in the comics you couldn't do it's total I, 70s right am i thinking no now? it's 80s no. and I don't think they could do it on a Zack Snyder budget. It's so oh, okay. comic booky. It's like you got the body and the head is just a, a, a blue helmet and his eyes and mouth and everything inside is just living antimatter. So right. it, it, on their special effects budget, it looked ridiculous. And, you know, you still want to use LaMonica Garrett here. So they just loafed him up and gave him a different skin tone and he's the anti-monitor. All right. Or yeah, like as, he's the ugly version. Yeah, or as or as many of the people on the IMDb who uh, maybe are not familiar with the comics, the, the Thanos ripoff. <laughs> no, that's Dark Side. Dark Side's a Thanos ripoff. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I'm looking at him here now. Oh man, amazing! Uh, the great Perez. George Perez art, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which again, uh, Pete, as you know, George Perez is not doing that well, and uh, one of the reasons I'm glad we got to do these shows is uh, doing them to talk about his work because yeah. this is all based on Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Crisis on Infinite Earths. And uh, 
Pete, I want to thank you for joining us, man. This was super fun. Well, here's a question for you guys. Yes. Would you guys would like to see more Brandon Routh Superman? Hmm. If it's like an aged one with the gray yes, hair, older one, yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like yeah, I would like to see him make a cameo or, a, you know, do an episode somewhere, you know. I can even buy him doing a series, but you can't do that with another Superman series on the air. they got to be overkill. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a nice enough guy to after he, him and his wife were unceremoniously dumped from Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he came back. He still came back for that, that 100th episode that you uh, mentioned earlier. Right, right. Yeah. Because by all accounts, he's a great guy. Yeah. Like he's, yeah he's like oh, one of the nice, yeah. nicest guys in Hollywood, one of those reputations. Nicest guys <laughs> in Vancouver, we should say. Ah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Pete, once again, thank you for joining us. Travis, thanks again. We're going to be back next time with Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 3, which is the episode of The Flash. We will be joined by another special guest. Uh, be sure to listen to all the shows on the Quam Podcast Network and be sure to check out Mystery Titans Theater on YouTube. And we will talk to you next time. There you